just quick reminder, Rod Cleef's boot camp is coming here in Denver on May 17th, 18th, to 19th. I'll be on stage sharing nuggets of wisdom. To find out a little bit more information about the event and to get my special discount code, just hop into the show notes and you'll get that information. I'll see you on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, your win-win maker. And today, we've got a great episode because we, what we're really going to be talking about is how you do not even have to do your first single-family rental before you get into a commercial real estate. So today, we have actually Jason Stouffer on the line and he never did a single family rental besides his own house right and he's decided to jump right in to self-storage units so some commercial real estate he has something that he's working on now it's under contract hoping to close soon he is still in that j-o-b doing it data analysis sigma something i can't even pronounce it and a bunch of other crazy things like that um, because it fits his skills. It obviously doesn't fit my skills. Some of the things that I want to bring to your attention that we will talk a little bit about are some of the things that can make you successful when you're getting into commercial real estate because he's going to be syndicating, right? And so one of the things he's doing here is he's doing webinars. He just did a cost segregation webinar recently. And w one thing that I'm really impressed by, Jason, is your email marketing. So I'll probably ask you a little bit of questions like that. Um, so I've got my first question queued up, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before we get in? Well, sure. Thank you very much, Adam. And again, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm gratefully honored to be here on your, on your podcast. So uh, my background, um, I, I've been in IT for 19 years now, I believe, um, dating back to the year 2000, Y2K. It never did explode. Um, so, you know, I started in technical support and I've worked for companies such as Williams-Sonoma Incorporated, Chevron Incorporated, so the big Chevron, right? Um, and done data analysis, project management, all in the IT space and also Lean Six Sigma, which is, if you know Six Sigma or Lean Six Sigma, it's all about operational efficiencies, finding out where the waste in your operations is. And that ties in very well to the real estate market, to multifamily and to self-storage, um, either of those assets. And, and I'm not ignoring uh, multifamily, but uh, it's really hot space right now. And so I'm kind of tending towards uh, self-storage where I can still find those value add deals. So, um, you know, I got into real estate a couple of years ago not really the best of circumstances. I went through a divorce um, and it kind of cleaned me out financially. And I've always been into real estate. My dad was a real estate agent back in the day, way back in the day, dinosaurs roamed. And uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I've always been interested in, in real estate. And the more I researched fix and flip, the more I thought, no, it's too big of a risk. I'm in California, it's, property values are way out of line here. Um, and then I went into uh, multifamily. I took some boot camps, a couple boot camps, not very many, just a couple. Um, and then I stumbled onto self-storage um, through, you know, just looking at multifamily. Um, it's a similar asset, just no tenants. Okay. Um, you know, and a couple different, you know, laws like lien laws are different than tenant laws, which, you know, like in California, you can have a tenant 
for nine months and pay no rent, right? Where, whereas self-storage, it's a couple, it's a month and, and you're, you're leasing that unit out again. So, um, yeah. And you know, that's, that's the reason why jumping into commercial real estate, not, um, like the residential side. So got it here in California, right? Got it. Okay. So you did look at fix and flips, but oh, you absolutely. decided not to do it because your backyard in it was in California. <laughs> yes. And you just felt like maybe the prices were already way over inflated and you didn't. Okay. And then, yeah. uh, so you looked at multifamily, um, you, you saw a lot of competition, so you skipped mm -hmm. that. Uh, curious if you ever looked at either assisted living or mobile home parks. Are those any asset classes that you looked at at all? Just curious. I have not. I've been focused mainly on self-storage. My whole goal this year is to get that first deal under contract this year. And then multifamily is an area, excuse me, not multifamily, but um, mobile home is an interesting asset class. Um, but, you know, I have to do more research on that. I've done a lot more research on um, the um, <clears throat> self-storage space and multifamily space. So, and I'm not totally, like I said, I'm not totally ignoring multifamily, but the deals are hard to come by right now. One of the things that you're doing that I mentioned toward the beginning that is remarkable. I think you're doing a great job with your email marketing. Uh, my first question is, why are you doing email marketing? So, you know, uh, going to your um, actual money raising summit, um, one of the things that uh, it brought to mind was that I have to build my investor base, right? I have to build connections with people. And that this, the real estate commercial business is a, is a relationship business first and foremost. And you have to build those. Well, how do you go about doing that? You know, you're here in, in California and, you know, there's people all across the country. There's deals all across the country. So I use social media, emails, um, mainly Facebook, right, um, to, to broaden my reach out to those people. And there's a huge community of people interested in real estate investments. So... That's basically why. Okay, so specific. I'm going to get into Facebook as well. I'm glad you brought that up. But um, specific to the email marketing. Sure. Did somebody tell you to do that, or was that your one of your thoughts on how you could start to raise uh, awareness of what you're doing? Um, no, I mean I've seen other people do it basically, um, and I just took what they were doing and like okay. Um, one of my groups, uh, I took Neil Bawa's course in uh, multifamily and one of his students is a real I mean he's on fire he's got like four different properties and he by the way he didn't do single-family rentals either mm. um, he went straight to commercial and he's on fire he's got like four different properties now with you know all sorts in Jacksonville I believe so and he was doing these things and you know we're friends we're really close friends and I get all of his emails I'm like dude this guy is is doing the deal so and I just kind of modeled it after him and, and uh, took what he was doing. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And so what are you doing on Facebook right now? Facebook, I have my own uh, company portal for my company. Um, and then I post blogs and, and I do bigger pocket blogs. And then I post it on my Facebook uh, page. And that drives, drives traffic to my web page. So I'm trying to drive traffic to my Facebook portal, then to my web page where there's more information on what I do and how to invest with me. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. A lot of good, a lot of good info. Like, um, 
one question that I have is on your personal Facebook, um, do you have implement a certain strategy on your personal page? Yeah. So I have two different uh, Facebook profiles, actually. So I have a personal one for my, my close friends and family. And then I have a real estate one that has a little, it's Jason Stouffer RE. So for real estate, right? So, you know, I choose to separate my personal life with my professional life. Um, I, I, you know, it's just a personal choice. I know some people that have, that do that also in, in our community, but um, you know, that's just a personal choice that each person can make. It, it gets a little confusing, I think at times when you mingle the two. Um, so you know, Facebook's a little tricky. My LinkedIn isn't, isn't so much, right? It's, it's a little bit different because that's professional, you know, um, focused. So that's not as, you know, tricky, right? Okay. So let's say you've got a, a Jason Stouffer RE and then you yep. have Jason Stouffer. Yep. The, I guess I want to kind of get into the psychology maybe of now, what do you post on your personal what don't you post on your personal? Mm. What do you post on your RE? What don't you post on your RE? And uh, yeah, we'll start there because that's already four questions. <laughs> so yeah, that is. <laughs> um, so, you know, my personal, I post, you know, pictures of my family, stuff like that, which, you know, I, I'm starting to post more of that on my RE because, you know, my children are basically why I'm doing this. It's my first and foremost reason why I'm doing this. My two kids, um, I love of my life, right? Um, you know, they're getting there up in age. They're 11 and 13. My daughter's 13, <laughs> teenager. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's going to be going to college soon. And, you know, I want to provide for them and provide a legacy, right? So, um you know, and then on my RE side, I tend to do more business uh, uh, perspectives, more uh, real estate perspectives. So I keep it focused on those assets, you know, especially in self-storage, right? So I'm a member of a lot of self-storage groups on that profile and, and I'm not on my personal profile. So, so you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I just try to keep it professional is, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. All right. Got it. Makes, makes sense. Um, so you said you're a member of a few storage unit um, groups. Do yep. you post in those storage unit groups? Very active. What do you, what do you tell me, tell me more about that. Like what, so what are you doing? Sure. What could you maybe teach the, the listener right now mm -hmm. as to what they might be able to do? In Absolutely. The so, so I try to be very active in those groups and help others. That's the main thing. Um, if somebody posts a question like, how do I do this? Um, if I know an answer or, you know, hey, in my experience, this is what I've done. That's what I'll post. I love sharing information. Um, that's one of the reasons why I do these webinars. Um, it's all information sharing. That's all it is. Um, it's what I am doing to find deals, to analyze deals, to uh, make connections. That's all it is. It's information sharing. I love to teach and to share that knowledge because I don't believe it's knowledge is one. It's people don't own the knowledge, right? It's, it's, it's there for everybody to have. And I'm just sharing that with you um, in hopes to, you know, get to know you personally. Um, because again, it goes back to uh, being a relationship business, right? Um, building trust with somebody and building partners. Um, because again, it, real estate is a team sport. 
how is it how is it working for you when you're uh, posting and adding value to other people in those groups what what are you getting out of it so um, a lot of times like the couple I'm working with right now in um, in this deal they reached out to me and like they were they were very impressed with my webinar and they wanted to know more about self-storage and they were interested already in investing in self-storage, but they're like, Hey, this guy knows, sounds like he knows what he's doing. Right. Um, and we reached out via phone and we had a great conversation and we had follow-up conversations and the ball started rolling. That's, you know, relationship building, right? We build a trust between each other. So. Okay. Where are you looking right now for self-storage? Uh, so Yardi, Yardi Matrix, and people know what Yardi is. They put out some uh, good information out there, um, free information actually. Uh, like Vegas is their number one. Las Vegas is their number one market um, for self storage right now. Um, and uh, ooh, I forget the other one, but one of the other ones is Columbus, Ohio. Believe it or not. Um, so all these places that they list are they're not well built out. They have a lower inventory, right? So supply, so your demand's going to be higher and supply is lower. Um, so that's a good investment area, right? Um, a lot of other areas are overbuilt, which isn't a good investment area. Kind of uh, not sort of like, it's sort of like multifamily, but I mean, there's always going to be a demand for multifamily and storage in my, in my estimate. Awesome. How yeah. are you underwriting the deals? I have a tool I purchased online. Um, through a company. Um, it was not cheap. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's an Excel model um, that I model out. It models out your pro forma. Um, usually I model in a five-year hold. Um, and then, you know, depending on if it's, so all the value adds I do are going to be construction-based. You're going to add square footage and add units. Um, that's the major play right now in self-storage is it has to have um, land to develop more self-storage. And then in your market, you have to have the demand to support that self-storage, so. Why, when you do your model, why do you pick five years? Is that just a round number to go to or? It's a base number to start with. Um, and typically investors, it's, a, it's not a liquid asset as you know, right? Um, so investors want their money back sooner than later. <laughs> um, and five years is a good starting point, I think. Um, and it just depends on the asset itself and the market and when we can recoup that money and give back at least, we, we try to shoot for a double, double their money back, right? What size, what size property are you? I, I know you said that you're doing a lot that are construction based, which might mean to the listener, it might mean that it's a, it's a self-storage property that yep. has more available land, land. Yep. behind it so yep. that you can put up a few more. Um, but just as a general question, like how much are you looking to spend on the initial purchase, 1 million, sure. 10 million, 500,000? So, so it depends on the market, obviously, right? But um, so the cap rate I'm trying to go in is at a seven or eight, um, preferably an eight cap. Um, and generally they're around 300 units to get started. It would be a great number. 
Um, the one we're in contract for is a much smaller unit and it doesn't really make sense at that smaller size, self-storage. It's only 22,000 square feet. So it's, it really doesn't make that much money and it doesn't make sense at that size. But when you take into account the plans that are already drawn up for five more, four more buildings, <laughs> one climate controlled, um, that adds nearly or over 50,000 square feet of storage. And that is where, and that's where forced depreciation comes into play too, right? Yeah. So, yep. I think there's a couple listeners that want to know on the plans that are already drawn up, are they approved already by the city? Mm. Is, like, is, it, uh, is the entitlement yeah. ready to go or what? Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes, I'm not going to get into specifics on this deal because we, we want to close the contract first, but um, yeah, we, you want to do your due diligence on that part. Okay. Uh, you know, call the call the uh, city and the county and make sure those plans are approved. Uh, they might be older plans, so make sure they don't need reapproval because <laughs> that's okay. a lot of upfront cost and time. Um, are there a couple of concerns that you could bring to the listener when you um, know that your strategy is actually going to be construction based? Absolutely. Um, there's always risk in real estate investment. Um, one of the things I try to present to people is that, you know, before you invest, let me, let me convince you not to invest. <laughs> and that's risk. Um, one, we already talked about liquidity, right? Illiquidity, I should say. You can't get your money out. Um, and two, uh, when these construction-based or these uh, lease up, we're going to be in negative cash flow for a couple of years. So you're not going to see a cash flow. So if you want cash flow properties, maybe look somewhere else. This is a growth fund. What we're trying to do is do that forced appreciation. You'll see the returns in year five or six when we sell the property. You'll see huge returns. Um, that's what we're trying to do there. And the other risk, of course, with self-storage, the biggest risk is water uh, from below or above. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a steel building, right? And if there's a flood or so always look for, you know, if you're in a floodplain, eh, might not be a good investment. Um, you know, if it's a snowy place. You're gonna, you know, you got the budget for snow removal. You don't want that snow and sitting around and on a on a metal building too long. So stuff like that. Got it. Yep. So you mentioned that you buy an eight cap, right? Mm, yes. Are you looking for about an eight cap? Looking is, for that. Is that a pro forma number, or is that you're buying no. while it's already cash flowing? No. At? That's that's cash flowing at. Yes, correct. And so um, I would I want to know what uh, returns you project. If you buy it at an eight cap, then you, um, you know, maybe build four different more buildings behind it, which is probably, yep. I don't know, 50 more units or something. A lot more units, like uh, two or 300 more units. Okay. So each one building yeah. um, has more than 50 units. Just It in can one house building. a lot. Yeah. Okay, it can house it. a lot. One of, one of the ones we're working on now is a two-story climate controlled. So you'll get a lot more in there. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So what are the returns that so, you're looking for in your pro formas that make you want absolutely. to go ahead and put in a letter of intent? Absolutely. Um, what we're looking for generally is a 2x multiplier, um, anywhere from 2x to a 3x, um, especially with these construction-based ones, and then anywhere from a, a 20 to a 25 IRR um, average. Got so it. Pretty good returns, yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. And then let me ask you, um, what are you currently working on 
in your business? I know you're, you're pretty close to closing that first mm-hmm. self-storage unit. Yep. Um, what are you actively working on right now to improve your business? Uh, currently, I am trying to improve my website. <laughs> um, and hopefully with this close of this business, I can put some more money into my business and the website and, you know, more marketing tools and stuff like that. Um, I hope to streamline my CRM. Uh, I have a little CRM application, free one, by the way. It's pretty good. Um, I use HubSpot. I don't know if that's a plug or not, but it's a very good CRM that ties in with Gmail. And then also like uh, get a, get my own.com instead of using Gmail. Right. Um, so it makes it a little more legit looking instead of just a Gmail address. Makes, makes sense there for yeah. sure. I like yep. that. What yeah. other, what other ideas do you have to kind of grow and scale the business right now? Uh, bring on additional partners. Um, definitely a team uh, around me. And I've started reaching out to people locally with me and see if they're interested in real estate and see if they're interested in just teaming up with me personally on the business side of it. Right. And like, kind of like you have um, in your business. So awesome. Build that out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think, I think we can wrap it up and I know you had some really good advice for the person who is deciding if they should be getting into it or not. So what would you have to say to somebody who um, they haven't yet closed that first deal? Advice. Um, Keep going. Um, Just keep plugging away. Um, The biggest thing for me as a person is, you know, even in my IT career, it was just doing the work, right? Doing, doing, putting one foot in front of the other. I've read a lot of books. I've seen podcasts such as yourself, great stuff, great information. I wouldn't put anything past it, you know, listen to all that stuff and keep listening to it um, and bigger pockets, stuff like that. But you, you actually have to put your, you know, put some effort into it, put the work into it, um, get out of your comfort zone, go to meetups. And that's another thing. Meetups, go to local meetups, uh, put out some business cards, right? Mingle with people, just build those relationships. Like I keep saying, it's a relationship business. Awesome. Jason, I really appreciate your time today. Jason Stouffer, R.E. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on the show. All right. Well, and I definitely want to have you back. Um, oh, awesome. So, yeah, awesome. go close go close that first self-storage. And I really want to, like, talk about, you know, what was difficult about it? What did you learn? You know, Absolutely. what were your assumptions? So, we'll put you back on the show. Just let me know. And thanks for coming on. But until next time. Think outside the box. If you've been considering getting started in a multifamily, I'm in a mastermind with my friend Rod Cleef, and he's coming here to Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. These boot camps are great because Rod covers everything about multifamily in three full days. It's also great for experienced multifamily investors because the panel discussions Rod does has top level investors from our mastermind group. You can go to rodsbootcamp.com and use promo code ADAMADAMS to get 25% off.